and welcome to the End Time Shofar channel. I'm your host, Gerald. We'll be discussing the days of Noah part one. Now, we all know that we're in the month of Halloween where everybody observes this particular holiday, October 31st, which people get dressed up in costumes. Kids go out trick-or-treating. Adults hold parties at their home to dress up in costumes and enjoy this festive holiday. But this particular holiday has deep occult origins that go all the way back even further from what we even thought was originated in Great Britain and in Ireland. It goes all the way back to even the days of Noah. So we'll look at that. We'll set a foundation on part one and then part two will go a little bit more up to date and bring us up to speed what's occurring in today's society and the symbolism within Halloween. Now, Halloween begins well over 2,000 years ago in the British Isles, and here we find the holiday stripped to its most essential elements, a night when Celtic tribes commune with the spirits of their ancestral dead. These grand, glorious pagan celebrations were assimilated by the Catholic Church rather than extinguished Old customs and the church leaders provided Christian versions of them from the Middle Ages on, with All Saints Day and All Souls Day replaced the ancient Celtic celebration of the dead. So we see the Catholic Church merge this pagan holiday. They try to quote unquote Christianize it to try to make it seem like it was a nice, good holiday, but single fact that it has deep occult roots and that it was evil so you can't try to take something and try to make it sanctify it's already unholy from the very origins and its very nature of its beginnings so we can see how again catholic church they're good at this as into bringing in the world into the church and conforming to the ways of the world now even when we look at scriptures, we look at Romans chapter 12, and we look at verse 1 and verse 2, um, it states that, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to make sure as Christians that we're not conforming to the ways of the world. As Catholic missionaries swarmed Britain and Ireland seeking the mass conversions to Catholicism, their orders from Pope Gregory in 601 AD was to cunningly convert the Druid rituals into Catholic rituals, and the Catholics converted the ritual of Saman or sowing into a festival of All Saints Day, a day of celebration and prayer to dead saints. Now, even with this, we see within the Catholic Church, the worship of idols and different icons totally goes against scriptures of worshiping idols. So it doesn't line up from a biblical perspective. So that's why we have to really study and show ourselves approved, make sure that we're learning the word of God, make sure that we take line up on line, precept on precept. So we have to know the word for ourselves. So we see the merge of the world again and religious things coming together and trying to call it holy where it's actually unholy. 
1835, Pope Gregory IV blessed All Saints Day as a sacred day of obligation and coincidentally, on that day, the Catholic Church officially ordained Halloween. A Halloween owes its very life and breath to the blessing of the Catholic Church. Soween or Saman would have breath, its last breath many years ago. It's not for the ordination of the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church has, it, which is, if we look at the word Catholic, it means universal. So it brings ecumenical things in, merging things of paganism and, and the church all into one. So it says a few holidays have strangers are more paradoxical history than Halloween. Technically, it's a vigil of All Saints Day or observed Roman Catholics. Halloween has a clear connection with the rites of the Druidic priests. So again, it's very nature, it's very roots, it's rooted and with the Druids at that time where they ruled in the British Isles. This was a pagan religious order, very occultic. Now we see in the transitioning how Halloween begins to impact America. See in the 1840s, America of course took in a mass of Irish immigrants fleeing the great potato famine in their homeland. Many of these traditions were brought over to this country at this time. Jack-o'-lanterns were used as light, the Irish children, Halloween parties. And instead of using potatoes, the Irish began to use pumpkins, which were easier to carve and in abundance And here in this country. And then we see the first recorded celebration of Halloween that's in this country is in Anoka, Minnesota in 1921, and then in New York in 1923, and in Los Angeles in 1925. So we see the very origins of Halloween began to hit the shores of America in the 1840s. At the turn of the 20th century, we see that it begins to make its progression within this country. In the second half of the 19th century, Americans was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants especially millions of Irish fleeing Ireland and the potato famines helped to popularize celebration of Halloween nationally. Taken from Irish and English traditions, Americans begin to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money, a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween they could divine the name or the appearance of their future husband by doing tricks our yarn, our apple parents, our mirrors. So we see how America begins to marry themselves into this pagan practice that they've taken from the Druids that the Catholic Church merged together after converting these Druids into the Roman Catholic Church. And now we see how in America that they try to whitewash it into making it seem like it's this kid-friendly, very innocent particular holiday. But again, its roots is rooted in the kingdom of darkness. So Satan is a deceiver. He uses things to make it seem like it's nice, that it's right. He can transform things or he can transform himself into angel of light. Even his servants can transform themselves into angel of light in order to deceive people 
believing a lie and not the truth. By the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but a community-centered holiday with parades, town-wide parties, as featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague Halloween celebrations in many communities during this time. By the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom parties moved from town civic centers into classrooms or home where they can be more easily accommodated between 1920 and 1950 the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived trick-or-treating was relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the halloween celebration in theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing neighborhood children with small treats. A new American tradition was born and it has continued to grow. Today, America spends an estimated $7.5 billion annually on Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday. So Halloween is the second largest commercial holiday next to Christmas. So you see these actual stores, these party city stores, these these different Halloween stores that are seasonal, that open up on the month of August and they close up the first part of November. They're making a billion, billions and billions of dollars off this particular holiday, which is a celebration of the dead. It's a celebration of witchcraft is a celebration of divination is a celebration of everything that the kingdom of darkness represents they are believe it or not a billion dollar a year business some creative entrepreneurs they do it they took over abandoned buildings and turn them into big haunted houses with an entry fee lauren simonetti is at one in livingston new jersey go happy halloween stewart and everybody yes this is a haunted house it's 40 thousand square feet a couple of years ago it was gibbs college an abandoned college they decided to take it over 1,000 people Okay, I'm, I'm 
guess that's it. Um, okay. I, I can still hear you. You can still hear me. That's very fortunate. Well, that segment is now over, I think. Um, Twenty-two dollars to get in to do that, dude. Isn't that something? A billion dollar a year business. Ah, it's extraordinary. A billion dollar a year business. Ah, it's extraordinary. So Halloween is a billion dollar business. So when we're talking about Halloween, we're going to go all the way back into the days of Noah to kind of see the very root, the very origins of the foundation of Halloween and how the days of Noah ends up setting its future impact of this particular demonic holiday. And we'll look at from the days of Noah to Nimrod and his kingdom Babel. And we see how Nimrod plays a significant part into these particular pagan holidays being celebrated. And we look at scriptures. Jesus talks about as in the days of Noah. We look at Matthew chapter 24 verse 36. It says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also after the son of man initially halloween again years and years ago even though it has occult origins it was kind of a little bit more less dark but now the last i would say 15 20 years or so it's gotten much more darker much more demonic it's taken on the actual representation of evil and its main purpose has really come out. You know, I believe that Satan has done a bait and switch. So we see that um, evolving within this particular holiday. Now we look at the days of Noah. It says pre-flood astrology did not have the ideal of a horoscope. The horoscope was invented after the flood by the Chaldeans. In the pre-flood version, astrology was the only used to predict the next scheduled date for magic rites and next time one could contact a god or goddess ancestors. After the flood, Noah had decreed that four holidays should be celebrated by his family. He also commanded his children to observe the anniversary of the flood. However, these holidays were later turned into ancestor worship. Now, we see the book of Jubilees. It states that Noah commanded his children to observe the anniversary of the flood. This occurred on the 17th day of the second month of two or the two days after the lunar reckoning of the autumn equinox. Paganism calls this day Sawin or Saman, but today it is known by the name of Halloween. So, we see in the book of Jubilees, it talks about when Noah is instructing his children or his children to instruct their children's children to observe the anniversary of the actual flood. It occurred in that very same month that we recognize as today of Halloween. So what Satan has perverted what God tried to do through Noah, actually a day of remembrance of the judgment of the flood, how sinful mankind was actually judged 
and to not follow in those footsteps. Soon after that, Satan got a hold of Noah's children's heart and their children's children's heart and perverted what God meant to be righteous into unrighteousness and into also following evil and following evil spirits. Nimrod, which was the first world dictator of the ancient one world government, he was used by Satan to revive the pre-flood system of the celebration of certain pagan days as holidays. There were eight specific holidays that were appointed to be best seasons for magical rites and divination. So even when you look at Halloween, this particular time and season, I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself, even witches believe that Halloween is their new year and that they believe that this is one of the times and season where the spiritual veil is very thin where they're able to communicate more to the spirit world and to operate in the craft in a higher, more level. And church will call this um, anointing when a preacher or a minister is ministering under the unction of the anointing. Kingdom of darkness, they follow certain principles and they can be demonically anointed to do certain tasks. So we see how Nimrod plays an actual significant part of creating these pagan holidays. Also, too, when we look at astrology and the zodiac, Nimrod was one of the main key figures to institute what we see in astrology today with the zodiac now as we can see the eight major holidays we see that halloween is one of the major ones so we see all the different holidays the different solstice or equinox that pagans actually look forward to and halloween is one of the top holidays that is celebrated through pagans and they key on to this day, they look at this date as a very important spiritual date to set the tone as their new year, but set the tone spiritually. So we see how this adds up to what Nimrod instituted all the way back in the formation of Babylon, which we know in the Bible is Mystery Babylon. When we look over in the book of Revelations, it talks about that as Mystery Babylon being the mother of harlots. When it talks about the mother of harlots, it's the mother of harlots of all false religion. All false worship systems came out of Babylon. So Halloween came out, was actually birthed out of this Babylonian system that's satanically driven. So this holiday is satanically driven so as saints as christians we have to be able to discern the times and be able to make the difference between what's holy and what's unholy and what's part of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of righteousness and what's part of the kingdom or 
darkness and what's of unrighteousness. Now, as we see how we even transitioning from Nimrod and these pagan holidays, we see the Canaanite God, Baal, and the Halloween connection. Now, in Jeffrey Keating's book entitled History of Ireland, he states the Formians or Formarians were Canaanites who left Canaan and came to Ireland. So the Formorians were more or less pirates who migrated up to Ireland, which had an influence with the Druids religious system. And we'll look a little bit on the connection of even Baal when we look at the Bible and how God instructed the children of Israel not to follow after the god Baal. That's what got them in trouble, following after the goddess Ashtoreth and following after the god Baal. On November 1st, which was Samhain, or Saman, Halloween, fires were built as thanksgiving to Baal. So again, we see this connection with Baal and Saman and this Halloween, all these things are interconnected with each other. Bell is, syn is, a, is synonymous for the devil. So if we look behind these idols, even when Paul talks about it in Corinthians, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, he talks about these idols are actually demons. They're actually devils that are behind these actual idols that are manipulating and that are holding mankind in bondage and in a spiritual darkness and that they're spiritually blind. The mystic rites and ceremonies with which Halloween was originally observed had their origin among the Druids, ancient bell festivals from which many of the Halloween customs are derived. The God whom the Druids worship was Baal, as the blazing bell fires show, children were offered and sacrificed to Baal. So we see how the Canaan, we see how we move from the days of Noah into Nimrod influencing or establishing these pagan holidays. And then we see the connection of the Canaanites, which influence Halloween. Now we see some of the main foundation of the ancient Druids came from the Canaanites and came from Mystery Babylon and the worship of the celebration of the Lord of Death was Sawin or Saman. Popular associations of Halloween are derived from ancient Celtic and Druid pagan religious customs. Saman was are as were three other festivals in their cultural cu culture 
all related to season intervals and was led by Druids who were members of the priestly and learned class in ancient Celtic societies. Druids combined the duties of priest, judge, scholar, and teacher. So this class of Druids, they ruled over the people and these people learned all this stuff from the mystery schools, the mystery religions, which is from Babylon. The Celtic communities that Druids served were polytheistic and animistic, the worship of nature or the dead, and their reverence for various aspects of the natural world, such as land, sea, and sky, and the veneration of other aspects of nature, such as sacred trees, groves, oak, and haze were particularly re revered. Tops of hills, streams, lakes, plants, such as mistletoes, fire was regarded as a symbol of several divinities and was associated with cleansing, ritual killing, and human sacrifice were aspects of Druid culture. So even today, within Halloween, this stuff still goes on. Human sacrifice still takes place around the world. So again, it hasn't even stopped since the days of the Druids. It still continues to this very day. The Celts and the Druids also believe that on the evening of Samhain, or Samhain, Salmon, the Lord of the Dead called forth the host of evil spirits that customarily lit great fires for the purpose of warding off all these spirits. So that's where you get these bonfires that would actually burn people's bones. So that's where you get that from. So today's in the 21st century, we have bonfires. We don't even know the origins behind it because we're spiritually ignorant to Satan's devices. The Druids, they thought that a three-day period to include a day before after Soin had special quality. The veil between this world and the world of the ancestors was drawn aside on these nights. And for those who were prepared, journeys could be made in safety to the other side. They believed that the spirits of the dead revisit their earthly homes on that evening the Druid rites, therefore, were concerned with making contact with the spirits of the departed and who were seen as sources of guidance and inspiration. So it was used as a form of divination. The teraphim were idols used in ancestor worship. They were supposed to allow you to communicate with your ancestors at the proper astrological times. One type of teraphim was created by taking the firstborn male of the family, cutting off his head, and the victim's head was supposed to retain contact with the departed spirit. With the proper ritual, the mummified head can serve as a conduit to the spirit world, passing information between a family and their ancestor god. So this was a form they would use these idols, the teraphims of the firstborn by cutting off their head, using a skull as a way of 
divining the spirits are a form of divination and the worship of these ancestral gods. Sawin is the night where the veil is thinnest between the seen and unseen world or between the living and the dead. And so it's a perfect time for divination and to pay homage to honor dead ancestors and anyone on the other side. So that was the, one of the main purpose was connecting the seen world where you can see and the unseen world, which was the demonic. So it's the bridge of the human and the demonic coming together to work as one. Now we're ending part, already to end part one, and we'll go a little bit more in depth in part two, but I'll leave you this with Psalms 81 and 9. It says, you shall have no foreign God among you. You should not bow down to an alien God. So when the true nature and the true heart of people that really know what Halloween is all about, these pagans are worshiping a foreign God. They're worshiping demons and they're beckoning demons to work through them and in them to promote Satan's kingdom. So we shouldn't be ignorant of Satan's devices. We have to make sure that in these last days that we are walking in the spirit that we're walking in discernment that we're making sure that we are in tune to the holy spirit and the word of god that we're that we're sound and well established in god's word god bless this is the end time chauffeur channel